Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I actually asked our next guest, Emily Palinon, who's the executive director of Rise Network, to come on because I saw a wonderfully optimistic, encouraging piece about the work that Rise Network is doing. And, you know, if we think about human beings and we put it all together, if we're putting resources into our young, underprivileged, under-resourced community, that's going to pay a dividend in healthier lives and healthier relationships, we hope, going forward. We hope, anyway. Emily Palin, welcome to the Lisa Wexer Show today. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning. I don't know if you heard part of our last conversation, but really terribly distressing, uh, you know, showing. <clears throat> and it's interesting because what you're doing with Rice Network, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is education. And the story that we just reported, Emily, was a, an investigative report about CCSU, and about accountability of college students when they've been arrested and credibly accused of assault. And there isn't any, apparently. There isn't any. So anyway, I'm just venting a little bit because I'm just trying to pick at the scab so things get a little better. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. So Emily, I was very encouraged. You hold a BA in public policy and education from Hamilton. You have a master's in public administration from the same place my daughter went, same degree, in fact, Wagner, NYU. And you serve as the executive director of the Connecticut RISE Network. Tell us what that is. Absolutely. So the RISE Network, we are a Connecticut-based nonprofit organization, and we work together to advance the mission of ensuring that all of our students are graduating from high school with a plan and the skills and confidence to achieve college, career, and life success. And we have the absolute privilege of partnering with public schools and districts around the state and increasingly around our region to facilitate what we call improvement networks, where school communities are working together to use data to learn, grow, and improve. And we are deeply committed to closing opportunity gaps and helping all of our students successfully transition to, through, and beyond high school. All right, let's, so you're, you're at the high school level. Let's begin with the fact, Emily, that in fourth grade, something like 80% of kids in Hartford Public Schools are not reading on grade level. 
Yes. So one of the really interesting and important things without education is there's so much research that speaks to these really critical milestones that we know if we invest our time, effort, energy to help students get on track, stay on track, it will pay dividends in so many other areas. So like you mentioned, fourth grade reading level, so important. One of the big areas that we focus on as an organization is the ninth grade transition Mm -hmm. and really recognizing that that transition between middle school and high school students are generally transitioning to a brand new building, brand new peers and staff uh, is really under invested in. And we know that it's a make or break year for our students and are really motivated by some research that came out of the University of Chicago that shows that grade nine on track achievement, in other words, whether or not a student earns enough credits in that first year of high school to advance to 10th grade, grade nine on track achievement is the best predictor of whether or not students will graduate within four years. It's more predictive than family income, race, ethnicity, test scores, any other factor. So just like there are some important milestones in their early years, we focus heavily on making sure students have a strong start in their high school journeys, knowing that that that, uh, pays off in so many ways later on in high school and beyond. So are you working with them in eighth grade to prepare for ninth grade, or are you starting them on the starting line of September Labor Day weekend of ninth grade? That's a great question. So we definitely want to take a proactive approach. So we start looking at eighth grade data where too often separate schools don't speak to one another or their data systems don't even speak to one another so that when students show up on their first day of freshman year, students, faculty, administrators are getting to know students for the very first time. So through some data tools that we've built in partnership with educators in our district, we look closely at eighth grade data, by no means to track students, but to understand students coming into high schools might have experienced some attendance challenges in middle school or some academic or behavioral challenges. And how can we tailor really equitable and personalized supports for students so that we give them the best opportunity to either reestablish a strong start in high school or to continue on the path that they've already been on. So we think it's really important to have visibility into how are students entering into high school. And then also to your point, no, this work can't start on, on day one of school. So we have worked in partnership with all of our network schools to establish summer bridge programs between eighth grade and ninth grade so that students free of cost, can go to two-week-long programs during those summer months to step foot in their high school, learn how to use their locker, learn how to navigate the building, start to build relationships with their ninth grade teachers, students, learn about high school expectations so that we're avoiding what traditionally is the experience of students show up that first day of high school. They're incredibly overwhelmed, so many new anxieties attached to that. Let's actually get them excited about high school and feeling prepared about that transition. So ideally, this work needs to start before day one, and we're really trying to to change what is too often the case for too many of our students making that critical transition. According to the Connecticut Mirror, and this is an article that you helped write, nearly one in five grade nine students did not earn the credits necessary to promote to sophomore year. That's stunning to me. 20% of kids statewide in Connecticut 
are not attending enough classes in ninth grade to be promoted to 10th grade, which means that the it tells me that the likelihood of them dropping out of high school altogether is radically higher than other kids, right? That's what Correct. we're talking about, high school exactly. dropouts. Okay. This has significant ripple effects for on-time graduation mm-hmm. and then preparation for what comes after high school, career, college. And we know that that has widespread impacts on our state in numerous areas health, economics. So this is this is such a central issue. And that data that you're pointing to, Lisa, is released by the Connecticut State Department of Education in December. Every year they provide these accountability reports telling us how is every school and district doing across a multitude of different factors. And they've done a really nice job of promoting transparency and conversations around metrics that really matter and, again, are predictive of students' long-term outcomes. And one of the areas with the steepest decline year over year was this grade nine on track achievement metric, meaning that fewer high school students are on pace to graduate within four years. And this is something that that all of us should be concerned about and and turning our attention to, because, again, the fact that one in five grade nine students are starting to internalize as a 13 and 14 year old. I'm not cut out for high school, I'm not good at school, uh, and the feelings of disengagement that that can create is something that, that we need to all pay attention to. Well, you also say the amount of high-risk kids more than doubled after the remote and hybrid school year of 2020 to 2021. We know what a disaster that's been. Now, according to this, you have been focusing, Emily Palin of Rise Network, on the East Hartford, Meriden, and Hartford school districts. So, and you talk about this improvement network. So are you, how many people are in your organization, and are you actually physically walking the hallways of these um, eighth grade classes and classrooms and getting to know these kids, or is this strictly you're looking at their report cards? And I have no issue with the word track, by the way. I was tracked as a kid, okay? I have no problem with being tracked. I happen to have been tracked as a high performer, but when I was going, a school in a public school district on Long Island, everybody was tracked. Mm-hmm. I mean, every and it was not it was nothing to be ashamed of. Schools were watching you in terms of your academic performance. If you were doing well, you were put in honors classes. If you weren't, then you weren't. But to use the word track to me is it's okay. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Anyway, the bottom line is we've got to know who these kids are. We've got to know who they are early enough to make a difference, to, to intervene, right, to make a difference. So... So are you meeting them personally? What are you doing? Yeah, it's a great question. And there are definitely multiple approaches that we are taking. So we have about 40 members on our team here Mm -hmm. at the Rise Network as a nonprofit organization. And we work closely with teachers, counselors, administrators, really knowing that we have to be building sustainable solutions in our schools that are replicable and scalable. So we want to be working with 
teachers and administrators to help build capacity and change school systems and structures. So a lot of our work is in coaching support of ninth grade teacher leaders and administrators. And we also have members of our team who serve as on-track coaches, working directly mm. with students. Okay. So I mentioned how we look at eighth grade data. Each of our partner schools has a new role called an on-track coach. Mm -hmm. There are two of them in each of our partner schools. And they support a caseload of 60 ninth grade students each. Okay. And to your point of knowing what every student needs and yeah. providing those equitable and personalized supports, that's exactly what the on-track coaches yeah. are doing. They are working to serve as the champion for that student, a liaison between home, teachers, administrators, so that if a student is off track by one class, how are we immediately identifying the student, the class, and then organizing supports to get them back on track. So how how involved are, are families, yeah. Emily, in this? How involved do you get with behind the scenes what might be right. some of the causation of why the kids aren't going to school or aren't paying attention? My uh, hypothesis is that the biggest contributing factor is a lack of information and a lack of engagement around the issue. So, so often we will hear from families gosh, I had no idea that my student has 10 absences or mm. that they were off track. Okay. Or I get the report card at the end of the year, but by then it's, it's too, too late. late to make a difference. Right. So what we're trying to do is build awareness around the importance of on track, passing classes, earning credit, building a transcript to unlock doors of opportunities for the future that you and your child want um, and making that information accessible so that we're not providing wonky report cards that are hard to understand and is it going in a good direction or not. How do we distill it down to off track, on track? Here's what it takes to be on track. But um, what I'm asking is, are you letting the parents know directly or are you working with the kid and saying, you need to tell your parents this? A bit of a both and. So our on-track coaches are sending on-track report cards home every quarter and having conversations with families to come up with plans together. Okay. So it has to be a conversation with families. And then it also has to be a conversation directly with students. So another practice that RISE high schools have started to do is engage students in on-track conferences every marking period where students are looking at their grades, looking at their attendance, and having a goal-setting conversation to say, okay, you've got a 58 right now in Algebra 1. What sort of challenges are you experiencing, and how do we? what's the goal? How do we get to that goal? So really sharing information with students, families, and educators so that we are all one team working towards the same goal. And in our listening area of WICC, this article, Emily Palin, says that the RISE Network is now in Stamford and Norwalk, as well as Meriden and Middletown. Is that right? And so we're actually, yeah. yep, we're in eight different districts um, spanning the state right now and then have some partnerships outside of the state. And the districts that you had mentioned a little while ago are ones that we've been working with in the past seven years. And um, you had shared some sobering data statewide. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that leaves me feeling really encouraged and optimistic about this work is we know by investing in grade nine, we can improve on track rates and we can improve graduation rates and post-secondary outcomes. And we've seen in our longest running partner schools, on track rates improved by 17%. I saw that. You went from 64% yeah. percent in 2015 to 81% in 2021-22, and gains for multilingual and special ed learners reached 24 points, 
and you saw that four-year graduation rates improved from 78 to 89 percent. So that these encouraging results were why I asked you on the show today, because now after seven years, you've got something to say. We thought this, right? We proved our hypothesis. We've gotten our elbows into this, and we're seeing results, so now we can spread it. So are you spreading it in this school year to Stanford and Norwalk? So we started working with Stanford and Norwalk uh, a few years ago, and this year actually in Norwalk, we started in one high school. The district said, let's expand this work to the other high schools and make this just the way we think about Mm -hmm. grade nine and think about post-secondary success. So we are really excited, and, and I don't think it should come as any surprise that teachers and folks who are doing this really hard work, we all just want to feel successful. We want to help students achieve the outcomes that that we desire for each and every student. And when you see those results, then it's imperative on all of us to replicate what's working. Too often, we're talking about doom and gloom and really negative outcomes. And we need to be really honest and realistic about those facts and realities. At the same time, when we find something that's working, we need to be scaling that work. Yes. Um, and just this past year, we opened up for the first time this grade nine symposium over the summer to invite school teams to learn about the importance of grade nine, learn about some of these strategies that don't cost a lot of money and are very um, transferable from school to school. And we were really excited that within a month, the event was oversubscribed. So that, that seems to point to folks are recognizing that we need to do more here. We're, we're You know what's so sad about this, Emily? Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, Mm -hmm. it's not rocket science, okay? It's common sense. Mm -hmm. It's very common sense to hand the baton. In a relay race, you hand the baton to someone who's ready to accept it, right? Why would we expect kids who, you know, to be able to do incredibly well in a new school when they haven't done well in the school they're in, right? Because you're usually talking about underperforming kids in 7th and 8th grade. Those are your at-risk kids. So, I mean, it really, I'm so glad that you're there to do this um, because clearly it's a gap that isn't being filled by the millions and millions of dollars we're putting into our public school systems. And I love the focus, but it makes me sad in a way because... It's very common sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Very. Oh, absolutely. It, it both is discouraging and encouraging at right. the same time. The fact that this isn't rocket science <laughs> right. means that it's replicable. We can scale this. We That's can right. do something we about can do this. Something. And I think the RISE schools are a great example of that. And part of the reason I was so excited to connect with you today is how do we get more schools mm. thinking differently about this work and making some of these small moves and changes that can have such a consequential impact for our, our students. Um, and even that point that you were mentioning we're so fascinated every single year when we look at students, how do they do in middle school mm-hmm. compared to how are they doing in high school? And absolutely, we see students who were on track who stay on track. But we also see students who were off track in middle school and then all of a sudden become on track in high school. Mm-hmm. So that seems to suggest if we pay attention and understand the needs of each and every one of our students, we can change the trajectory. Totally. It's not too late in no. high school. And we see such evidence of that through the data that continue to encourage us to, to keep pushing and keep driving for these outcomes. And the other piece that I would mention, and you alluded to this earlier, of the education profession has become much more complex and challenging during the course of the pandemic. Yeah. And even before the pandemic, we were just seeing that educators 
not being invested in and treated as professionals to say, we're asking you to differentiate, meet the needs of every student, prioritize equity, but if we're not providing educators with data and information to say, here's who needs your support today, and here's where they're experiencing challenges, then we're all guessing. And this work is too important to be left guessing. Uh, Oh, I I don't think that they're guessing, Emily. You and I could go toe-to-toe. I think the administrators in every school know exactly who these kids are. I think they're exhausted. They Mm -hmm. feel under-resourced and under-financed for the job they're supposed to do. And they're just, at the end of the day, they can't go the extra mile to do something like hold on to this kid and help him. They just can't do it. I completely agree. Right. When the time is the most precious Mm -hmm. resource, in addition to the dollars, um, being able to target that time in the most intentional way is so, so crucial. Um, And the other thing that we're finding, and we've got a group of counselors in our office today meeting together, coming together across schools rather than saying we're a very hyper-localized state, rather than saying my school is struggling with this and I don't know where to turn, let's turn to each other. Let's work together across schools and districts to say we're grappling with the very same, very similar challenges. I agree. Thank you. What's working, what's not. Thank you very much, Emily Palin, the Rise Network. Wonderful to have you on the show today. We'll keep following your progress. Thank you for encouraging us with solutions. Appreciate it very much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.